the Lord. I'm glad that faith is all it takes, aren't you? And this morning we're going to begin uh, a sermon series across the Advent season, um, just entitled that very thing, What Are You Waiting For? And over these next few weeks we're going to be looking at some different ways that God can help us, God can help us, excuse me, God can help us as we wait upon Him. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Micah. Now, I'll give you just a minute or two because I know that's not a book that probably you typically turn to. Uh, Micah chapter 5 would be our first verse this morning that we'll be looking at. Um, what are you waiting for? Think about it with me this morning. Some of us are probably waiting for uh, maybe a door to open or an answer to come. Maybe some are waiting for that graduation day to finally come around, and maybe it still seems like a ways off and you're still waiting. Maybe some of you are waiting to get out of debt. Maybe you're waiting to break free from an addiction that maybe has, has had you bound in the past. Or it could be you're waiting for um, just simply to get past the things of the past. Just really ready to break free from that. What are you waiting for today? It seems like that we rarely have a season of our life where we're not waiting, when we're not waiting for something to happen, for God to come through in some way. So I want you to think about what are you waiting for? And as you think about that question this morning, I just want to tell you kind of where we're headed. Over these next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the Christmas narratives, if you will, and think about them maybe in some different ways, some fresh ways. And I want, you, want to help you see that in each account of the Christmas narratives that we're going to be looking at, that, that all of those people that were involved were waiting on something. They were waiting on a promise to be fulfilled. They were waiting for God to do what God promised only he could do. They were all waiting. And in each account, I want you to also see that these folks that we're going to look at were able to wait in the right way. There's a right way to wait upon God. If you believe that, say amen. And so often we can find ourselves, if we're not careful, short-circuiting God's plan because we don't wait upon Him. And so our first stop today, I want us to start in the Old Testament, in this Old Testament book of Micah. Micah is a prophet of God that is, that is um, really God's mouthpiece to the nation of Israel uh, in a time when uh, the nation had not been uh, living the way as a nation that they should have lived. In fact, they had turned their back on God. They began to live for themselves. Instead of doing what God was asking them to do, they began to do their own thing. Now, I know we don't have a problem with, with that really today right? We don't ever have a problem with kind of turning our back on God and doing our own thing. But yes, I guess there are times when we do. We have the same problem, right? And so Micah was the prophet that God had sent to be able to begin to share with them, hey, you know what? Um, there's a time of judgment that's going to come your way. There's a season where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally bring judgment for the, for the things that you've done and for the disobedience that you have, have had. But, but, but there will also be a season that will follow this time of judgment where I'm going to bring hope once again. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore you. I'm going to restore you as a nation, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a Messiah that's going to come to you, and he's going to make all the difference. He's going to set all the wrongs that have been done. He's going to set them right. He's going to bring mercy and healing and help and forgiveness. You see, any time that we go through a season that is dark and difficult in our life, aren't you glad that there is always a God there who, who, who breathes words of hope into those darkest seasons of our life? If you're glad for that, say amen. And Micah 
And Isaiah and others just like him who would, who would follow, they really began to make up this remnant of people who remained faithful to God, even though the rest of the nation had turned their back on him. There, were some, there was this remnant who remained faithful. And through this remnant, God would speak into the nation these promises of hope. I will send a Savior. I will come. I will make a difference in your life. And these people like Micah, and we're going to read a couple passages from Isaiah, people like them, they had to wait for God to work in a very difficult season of their life. I want you to hear a couple of the promises to begin with this morning that, that God gives through these men to this nation. Promises that say there is, there is something that you can hope in while you wait. The first passage is in Micah chapter 5. And it's verse number two. You're probably familiar with it. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be made ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. God would send this prophet to the whole nation, uh, and, and he would send this promise to the nation through this great prophet but I had to believe that as Micah heard the Spirit speak these words to his heart, that it breathed fresh hope into his, into his life. In fact, it began so much, if you read the, through the book of Micah, you find that so much of it is this is the judgment that's coming. This is the judgment is coming. And yet there's moments where light shines in and hope is given in the midst of waiting. God would do the same thing through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, think about it, they were living in a land of the shadow of death. They were, they were being taken off into captivity. They were made as slaves, all right? Everything was wrong. But, but Isaiah, he's beginning to prophesy this truth about the coming Messiah. Those who are living in this period of darkness, guess what? A light has dawned. In other words, he's saying there is a Messiah to come. There is hope that will come as you wait upon God to work. In fact, Isaiah would write just a little bit later in that same chapter, he would write these words prophesying of Jesus' birth. He says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Think of the, think of the hope that that would have breathed in. Think of the promise that this was to a people who were living in a season of their lives where it seemed like all hope was gone. And yet God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, wait, there is one who will come, who will make all the difference. Just wait upon the promise to come to pass. In the midst of waiting, in the midst of this dark time, when it seemed all hope was lost, God says there is a season that is coming. There's a way that you will recover from this. And God gave his word, and they had faith to believe God's promise was true. They had faith to believe that God's promise was true. His promised deliverance, the promised Messiah. They said, yes, we believe, God, that you will do just what you said. And this fire ignited within their hearts. This fire began to burn within them. 
with an expectancy of faith that they would believe that God would do just what he said he would do. I wonder this morning, do you believe that God will do just what he says he will do? If you believe that, say amen, right? Do we believe that this morning? You see, it takes faith to believe that God will do what he says he will do. And we need faith while we wait upon God. In these seasons of waiting upon him to to come into our lives in fresh ways. In these seasons where we're waiting upon him to work, it takes faith lived out every single day. I want you to see this morning that we need faith while we wait. We need faith in God's timing. We need faith in God's timing. Waiting can be frustrating. Not one amen there this morning. Come on. Waiting can be frustrating. A couple of you are are with me now, right? It can be a frustrating thing. Jim Cimbala, I love to read his books, great pastor. Um, in, In one of his books, Fresh Faith, he says, The timing of God is often a mystery to us, and even sometimes a frustration. But we must not give up. We must not try to arrange our own solutions. Have you ever been guilty of trying to arrange your own solutions? Right? Probably all of us have done that. Um, Michelle was out of town last week, uh, as, as most of you probably know, and so I had a perfect plan. After church, I had a perfect plan. Um, as I left church, the plan was this. I'm going to run through the drive through and I'm going to provide lunch for, for the girls. I had the girls last week. I'm going to run through the drive through I'm going to provide lunch for the girls. They'll like that. And then we're going to go home. I'm going to relax a little bit while they, uh, while they play and, and have fun there in the living room. And so it was a great plan, right? Easy plan, great plan. So we all jumped in the van. Off we went. And uh, we pulled into the drive through of a, of a West Side fast food restaurant. As we pulled in, there were about seven cars ahead of me. Now, it was, it was a little bit later, right after the second service. It was going on 1 o'clock, but still in the noon rush hour. So I thought, it's no problem, right? Seven cars ahead of me. After 10 minutes, about 12 minutes probably, there were still six cars ahead of me. 20 minutes passed, there were five cars still ahead of me. 30 minutes later, I placed my order. And 45 minutes later, I picked up my food from the young man at the window, who as he handed, his, as he handed the food out, he looked at me and simply said, sorry about your weight. I quickly remembered that my pastor had shared with me last week a message on giving thanks in all circumstances all year long. Both services, by the way, did he preach that? I mumbled something under my breath. I'm sure it was a word of thanksgiving, and I drove away, right? (laughs) But this phrase has struck with me. Sorry about the wait. Sorry about the wait. I think that most of us, we hate to wait. We don't like to wait. Waiting can be frustrating. But when we're waiting upon God and his answer to come, I want you to think about this with me this morning. Don't just let this idea just race through your mind and move on. I want you to think about this with me this morning. When we're waiting upon God and his answer, his timing, I don't think he will ever look at us and say these words. Sorry about the wait. Think about that. I don't think God will ever say that to us. Our waiting in God's will might be a mystery to us. Our waiting in God's will might be a frustration to us. But we can't try to get ahead of God and his perfect will for us. God always has a plan for seasons of waiting when we're walking with God in his will. 
always has a plan. In that drive through line last week, I watched people all around me. They were pulling out of line. They were leaving. They were trying to find a different solution, right? You could tell as I could see as the line curved around, I was watching people in their, inside of their cars ahead of me. You could tell they were getting frustrated. Some were on their phone sharing with a loved one, I'm sure, their wonderful experience that was taking place, right? A lot of them were pulling out of line. And we can make choices in our lives as well. We can make choices to go different places and do different things. We can get in a hurry and get way outside of God's plan for our life. But can I tell you, just like those people who pulled out of line last week, it'll always leave us hungry. It'll always leave us hungry. Hungry for more of God. Hungry for God's perfect will in our life. We can go other places and try to fulfill the longings and the desires in our own heart. But can I just remind you today that God has a plan for you and for me. And what we need to do in those seasons of waiting is continue to seek him with all of our heart. And have faith to believe that in God's timing, he will come through. He will not fail us. God isn't sorry about the wait times in our life. God's planned those times. He's planned them for us. So have faith and trust that God's timing is perfect. Something actually is happening while nothing is happening. God is wanting to do something in you. He's wanting to change you. He's wanting to mold you. He's wanting to make you more like him. So have faith in the seasons of waiting. The psalmist would say it like this, first from the Good News translation, trust in the Lord, have faith, do not despair, trust in the Lord. The NIV says it like this, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, wait for the Lord. In these seasons of waiting, we need to do what both of these translations tell us. We need to not despair and we need to take heart. Don't get discouraged, don't get frustrated, don't give up in these periods of life that we go through that we're waiting on God. Just wait and trust and believe that God will come through. If you believe that God's timing is perfect this morning, say amen. I believe that today. We need to have faith in his timing. We also need to have faith in his promises God had given his word to his prophets and he, he promised them that one day there was gonna be a beautiful day down the road that was coming when, when he was going to make things right again, when he was going to set things right, a day when healing would come to this nation that had been torn apart, a day when he would set everything straight, he would bring, bring peace, he would bring deliverance like never before, uh, that had never been experienced before. I mean, this great day was going to come. The Spirit would look down the road and begin to prophesy through Isaiah some words and these words that are found in Isaiah 61, are, it's neat because it's the same words that Jesus would read in a synagogue in Nazareth early in his ministry. He would read these words and Jesus would declare, I am the fulfillment of the promise that has been given. I want you to hear the words that Isaiah is given as a promise. And I also want you to realize that Jesus reads these words saying, God kept his promise. Listen to them. Isaiah 61 Verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the, the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Think about where these people were at this time. They're in captivity. They're slaves. They, they've been carried away, right? There's brokenness. 
There's all kinds of, all kinds of negative feelings and weight and, 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 and hurt that are upon these people. And here's what Isaiah is saying. He's going to come. The Lord will come. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted when he comes, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide all who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of, be- a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of the mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And Isaiah reads, as Isaiah is shared with this by the Spirit, as a promise of hope. Things aren't always going to be the way that they are, but there is a day coming that you can have faith and confidence in where everything is going to change. Can I remind you today that God is still promising. He has come. We've experienced his presence this morning. He is here with us today. But can I just remind you that in your season of life right now, that God has promised that even though it may feel like that he is a long way away, that Jesus Christ himself, through the power of his spirit, he is coming to you. He has come and he is coming. He has come to you and he is coming to work in your situation. Greater hope than that is he has come. He is coming to work in your situation and make all things right. But can I just remind you that there is a day coming when he will come back again. And when he comes back again, once again, in fact, for all time, he will make everything right. And he'll wipe away every tear and take away every pain. You see, that's the hope that we have and the promises that God gives us today. And his promises are true. I love, I love what Paul brings out in Romans chapter four about God's promises. Paul would use Abraham as an example of faith, uh, use Abraham as an example of faith and, and, and use his faith, Abraham's faith as an example to us. Romans chapter four. But Abraham never doubted, it says. He believed God for his faith and trust grew even stronger as he praised him for this blessing even before it happened. Now I remind you what the blessing was. God had made a promise to Abraham that even though you are old, and the Bible says even though, Abraham, your body is as good as dead. Even though you're old and your body is as good as dead, my promise to you is I'm going to make a great nation through you. Your seed, it's going to number the sand by the sea. That's my promise, God says to Abraham. And even though it didn't seem like there was any way, and even though it seemed impossible, Abraham believed. And I love this next verse. It says, he, being Abraham, he was completely sure that God was well able to do anything he promised. He was completely sure that God was able to do, well able to do, right? Anything he promised. Do you believe this morning that God is well able to do anything he promised? He's able this morning. You've You've heard this saying before, right? You've heard this saying. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. The old preacher D.L. Moody, he, he, he said these words. God never made a promise that was too good to be true. God never made a promise that was too good 
to be true. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 from the Amplified Bible says, For as many are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes, so that through him we can say our amen to the glory of God. Every promise that God has made in Christ, they are yes. God will do what he says he will do. And we have to stand upon the promises of God while we wait upon him. As we're waiting on God to do what he's promised, we have to, by faith, believe that God's promises are true. That they are the foundation on which we stand waiting for God to work. No matter what it looks like around us, no matter how difficult the situation may be, no matter how dark the days may grow, we must stand on the word of God and believe that what he says is true. I've had people from time to time ask me, um, you know, why do you prepare the handouts that are in the bulletin every week? Why do you, why do you take the time to do that? And uh, uh, one reason is it's a good discipline for me. I won't go into all that, but it's a good discipline for me. Another reason is, is because um, I also think that it gives people a chance to reflect back and kind of the Holy Spirit through that to recall to them uh, maybe something that he spoke in our time together. But there's, an, but there's another reason, and really the main reason that I prepare it every week um, is because, as you well know, often I fill it with Scripture. Um, often it's, it's filled with all of the scripture I'll be referencing throughout, throughout the morning. And, and some of you, you may tuck it in your Bible. You may throw it away. That's okay. Some of you may tuck it in your Bible. Um, and uh, my prayer is often that, that, Lord, let that just fall out this week at just the right time, you know, as you move your Bible. And, and let the passage of scripture that you want to speak into a life um, come alive once again. You see, the, the reality is... Um, on just the right day, at just the right time, I be believe that God is maybe even able to use one of these handouts to speak his word to your heart and remind you of a promise. Now, you're not, you're not going to remember the whole message, and that's okay. And, and I never put my name on them, so you'll, you'll, a few years from now, probably not even remember who preached it. But none of that's important. What's important is what's left. What's important is the word of God and the power that's contained within the word of God and how it can change a situation. There's someone who recently shared with me that they have been praying uh, for a long time now for their sick loved one, and um, they were waiting upon God to work. They believed that God was able. In fact, they had seen signs of improvement at times, and then uh, things would take a turn the other way, and things had get gradually grown worse, and, and, and they were praying for them, and they're at the hospital with them uh, one evening. And, and this evening, they actually had their Bible with them, and and they were uh, looking through the, the Bible to, to um, find a, a promise and, and just asking God to speak. And, and as they thumbed through um, their Bible, um, a, a set of notes like some of you are holding today uh, happened to fall out. And um, they picked up those notes and they looked down and it was from a, from a, a message that we had, a, a time of worship that we'd had from a few months ago. And the, and the text for that day was Luke chapter 18. Um, and, and verse 1, it was a story of the persistent widow, and verse 1 was the key verse this particular day, and it said this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And she said, It was in that moment that the Lord began to speak to my heart and said, This promise is for you today. I don't want you to give up. Like things have taken a, a, a negative turn, things don't look good, but I, I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep praying and praying and praying and don't give up. And God's light shined into the heart of that person through the power of his word. Aren't you thankful for the difference God's word can make in our life? You see, we need the word of God if we're going to be people of faith in times of waiting. 
You see, the situation hadn't changed, the circumstance hadn't changed, but all of a sudden, just because of the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit enlightening a verse of that Scripture in a specific situation, all of a sudden there was fresh hope. All of a sudden there was fresh faith. All of a sudden there was a belief that, God, we know that you are able to work. And God has a promise for you today. You see, we can't necessarily go and take Luke 18 and claim it for us, although it might be for us today. But can I tell you this? If we will get in the Word of God, and we will pray and ask God by His Spirit to direct us to to the passage and to the promise He has for us in our particular situation, I believe with all my heart that God can speak to us through His Word. If you believe that, say amen. But we have to seek it. We have to desire it. He will give us a promise while we wait. And our faith is strengthened while we wait and trust in God's promises. We need to have faith in his timing, and we need to have faith in his promises, and we need to have faith in his ability. And I've talked a lot about this already this morning through um, our prayer time together even today. Lord, there's nothing too hard or impossible for you. You see, I can say those verses, and I can believe them. You're the God of all flesh. There's nothing too difficult, right? Mary would say, there's nothing impossible for God. I can say them, I can read them, but can I just tell you today, you and I, we have to believe them. We have to have faith to believe that there really is nothing too hard for God. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, great prophet as well, in this same dark time, chapter 32, verse 17, from the message paraphrase, Dear God, my master, you created earth and sky by your great power. By merely stretching out your arm, there is nothing you can't do. What a great declaration from Jeremiah. And can I just tell you, you can declare that too. And it can be more than just words, but it can be a declaration from deep in your heart. God, there is nothing, I believe, that there is nothing you can't do. And it changes our outlook, and it changes the way that we pray, and it changes the way that we believe, and it changes the way that we testify, and it changes the way that we witness to others. When we truly believe that God can work in every situation, that there is nothing too hard for him, it transforms our lives and our belief. I trust this morning that you believe in God's ability. There was a great pastor who shared on a particular Sunday morning, I kind of envisioned it being one like this, where the family was gathered and his young son was in the the, uh, congregation that day, and he shared that morning on Jonah and 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 the whale, the big fish, and told the story about what happened there. And a great message, great service. Well, when they got home that day, Around the lunch table, the little boy, he looked up at his dad and asked a straightforward question. He said, "Um, Daddy, do you really believe that a fish could swallow a man and keep the man uh, alive inside for three days and three nights? Do you really believe, Dad, that this could happen? And the wise father, he gave this reply to his son. He said, Son, if God could make a man out of absolutely nothing to begin with, and if God could create fish, sea creatures from absolutely nothing, don't you think that he would have the power to make a fish that could swallow a man and keep him alive for three days and nights if he wanted to? The little fellow looked up at his dad and he said, well, if you're going to bring God into it, that's different. (laughs) Can I just remind you this morning that bringing God into it makes all 
the difference. Bringing God into it makes all of the difference. What's impossible with man is possible with God. We have to have the faith to believe that God is able to work in our lives, in our families, in our circumstances, and in the lives of those we love. We have to believe that while we're waiting for him to work, that his timing is perfect, and that while we're waiting for him to work, that he's able to do what he promises that he can do if we'll just believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God. He's able to do what he says he can do. So my question for you this morning is simply this. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And do you have enough faith in God's ability, in what God can do to, to bring him into the, to the situation, to, to invite him into your life and into these circumstances in a fresh way? You see, I believe that we have a lot of folks maybe here this morning who we've invited Jesus into our life, like we want him to save us of our sin, but there's just some situations that for whatever reason that we kind of keep him out of. And maybe some of those situations, the reason we be, that we keep him out of it is, is because we simply don't believe that he can change it. I want you to know today he can change it. I'd like for you to bow your heads right where you're seated this morning with me. Father, we're thankful this morning for your truth. We're grateful today that your spirit is here and has been working in such a, such a wonderful way among us today. And Lord, we've heard your, we've seen your work through your spirit today as we've prayed together and we've sensed it in our spirits as your spirit has borne witness with us and we thank you for that. And now, Lord, your spirit works in this moment. Lord, there may be some here today who need to, for the very first time, put, the, put their faith in you this morning. And Lord, right where they're seated, I just pray they would open their heart to you and simply call upon your name and say, Lord, I believe in you today. And I know that I haven't in the past. I've not followed you and I've lived for myself. But today I ask for your forgiveness. And I pray that you would forgive me and you would help me to turn my entire life toward you and receive that forgiveness and that, Lord, you would just work in my life in fresh ways. I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God and that you rose from the dead. And I, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd work in my life today. And I pray, Lord, even now that your Holy Spirit would just usher in your love and fresh peace into these lives this morning. For others, Lord, it, it may be that they need to take some fresh steps of faith and really believe in God that you're able to work in their lives and situations and circumstances. Maybe it's in the lives of their friends or coworkers or family members that, God, you're able to work and provide. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just hear their prayer this morning and, and give them the faith that they need to take the steps that you call them to. Others are waiting this morning for you to work, Lord, and they're getting frustrated and they're beyond frustrated. Maybe they're in a season of life that it seems like that no healing is going to come to the pain that they're experiencing. And I pray this morning that in this time of waiting that your spirit would just, would just come up underneath them today and lift them to new heights and that your love and your peace would be poured into them like never before, for we know that you're able. We're so thankful, Lord, to, to experience all that you have for us today. And we know above all things that you know every heart and that you're able to meet every need today. So, Lord, hear the prayers of your people. Draw near to them and provide for them, we pray in Jesus' name.